This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Rick Uber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Elster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are going to be talking about Russell Westbrook, what to expect from the Houston Rockets point guard, now the Houston Rockets point guard. Then we're going to be jumping into two younger guys, high draft picks that have a ton of potential but have not been able to prove their full worth yet, and if they will hit those limits, everybody's favorites. Michael Porter Jr. and Markel Fultz. We'll talk about their potential and if they'll be able to hit their ceilings this year. We're excited for you to join the conversation. If you do want to join the conversation every single week, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You won't miss any of our videos and podcast segments on there. And you could also check us out on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher as well, or any of the podcasting services outside of Spotify. Ricky and I talked about that on the uh, the Superfans. Uh, but you can check us out on all the other ones uh, and, and listen to our podcast there. Um, we already introduced ourselves, right? I, you're Ricky Whitmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we said yeah, that. Yeah, and you're Dave we, We've been through this Just one. Just making sure. Yep. Um, anyways, I have extreme short-term memory loss. Yeah. I'm surprised I even remember Russell Westbrook was on the Houston Rockets. Uh, also, check out patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to support us and help us out, you can do so at patreon.com Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. But let's jump in, guys. Uh, we're going to be talking about the expectations for Russell Westbrook in Houston this kind of came up because Zach Lowe wrote an article. And he said the six most intriguing players this year to watch in the NBA. One was Russell Westbrook. One was Mark Markel Fultz. And the other was Michael Porter Jr. So I kind of <laughs> got inspiration from that. But I'm also intrigued from him for selfish reasons, too, because uh, in my fantasy league that uh, is outside of this is uh, kind of a work one. Mm-hmm. I have uh, my two keepers are Kawhi and Luka. And the draft order is based on the keepers that you have. So I have the third pick, right? And the first guy is going to go with Zion. Yeah. Second guy is going to go with Paul George, I think. So I'm either just debating between Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, right? So we see Russell Westbrook, three straight years, triple-double. That's always going to help categories out, right? Yep. But the biggest concern you always have for him is the efficiency. And Bradley Beal is going to have a massively high usage and is most likely going to be near seven assists. So maybe he's going to be able to bridge that gap with his efficiency. So I want to talk about a little bit is... What can we expect from Russell Westbrook? Because we know the triple-doubles have been happening in OKC, but can we expect that from him in Houston? And then, Dave, you talked about this with your hot takes, that you think he's going to be more open uh, to shoot a little bit, and you think that his percentages can rebound. And you think that your hot take, I think, was that he's going to shoot above league average I from three-point three percent. So I want to dive into this a little bit, because not only does this have NBA relevancy, because if he is doing that and he is more efficient, this is going to be a very deadly team. But outside of that, too, some guys are going to be looking at this as you know fantasy aspects as well, because this is a guy that has been able to be dominant throughout the points, rebounds, and uh, assist categories, but he hasn't really been efficient uh, throughout those three years. So let's dive into Russell Westbrook and what do we expect from him in a Houston Rockets jersey? I think the biggest expectation out of the gates for him is, or I should say the biggest question is, is he going to have another triple double? I don't think so. I think I think that uh, law of averages has is bound to break at some point for him. I mean, they're going to get plenty of touches all the way around, but as a system, OKC was set up to feed rebounds to start their breaks faster. Uh, and I don't see Clint Capella being that box out kind of guy for Russell Westbrook. I think they're going to spread the ball around a little bit more on that front. So triple double, no for fantasy fans out there. I'm sorry. Uh, but offensively, I think absolutely look for Russell Westbrook to rebound shooting percentages this year. He's going to get plenty of looks because that team definitely needs scores on it. You know, the the scoring load from Chris Paul 
in the last two years. He was just under 19 points a game his first year in, or his first year in Houston, and then he was just over 15 points in his second year in Houston. And I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. I'm literally looking at the numbers, and it's just like, struggle, Dave. Uh, Making connections is hard. It really is sometimes. That's why you got to use LinkedIn. <laughs> nice plug. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know. I'm um, sponsored by fucking LinkedIn. <laughs> but no, like, so I expect him to be about the same as far as his scoring is going to go all the way back to the, like, hey, expect him somewhere in the mid-20s. It's not going to be a 30-point year. I don't think James Harden's going to have a 36-point year again. I think... Expect Russell Westbrook to be somewhere around uh, maybe 24, eight, eight assists and like six rebounds. 24 is a lot. Yeah, but who else is going to score on that team? I mean, you have Eric Gordon, you have Capella, you have James Harden. I mean, James Harden did just put up 36. He won't yeah. again, yeah. but I still think he's going to put up more points than Russ, yeah. right? Capella is what, usually around 12 to 15. Eric Gordon's usually around 15 to 10. So, and P.J. Tucker probably puts in about eight. So, I mean, do we expect this to be a high-flying Houston Rockets offense like we've seen in the past? I mean, the th- the only thing I disagree with, Dave, is the assist numbers to me. Because the thing I'm looking back is basically the last three years in OKC, I kind of throw those out the window. Um, because I kind of also see those as the... Russell Westbrook, like, fuck you to Kevin Durant kind of numbers where it's like, oh, if you're going to leave me, you're going to blame me, say I'm the reason why you left, screw it. I'm just going to put the team on my back. And that's why we saw the triple doubles and everything. The only thing I'm unsure about is his attempts per game. And I'm talking about field goals in general because those years kind of fluctuated. The ones with Durant, it was sometimes he was averaging 18 shots a game. So the year before he was averaging um, 22 shots a game. That was when he had his career high with um, Kevin Durant when them leading that Thunder team. But is he, he's not going to be the same as Chris Paul, where Chris Paul was averaging, what, 12, 13 shot attempts a game. And I know he played um, less games due to injury than um, Russ did in those OKC days. I just, my big question is how is he going to fit with James Harden in this offense and is it going to benefit him, or is it going to be a little bit of a clash between him and James, at least to start the year, when we see them in the regular season before they get their footing a couple games in? Yeah, I mean, a big thing with Russ is while he has been putting up a ton of, uh, you know, assist numbers and has been able to get over that that ten uh, that ten uh, percent or that ten percent, but the ten a game, 10 a game, 10 a game. Uh, average, um, he has been able to also have a great amount of assist percentage and him and uh, Harden are typically the you know near the top. Uh JJ Barea led the league last year um with 45.4 but then Russ came in with 44.0% and then uh, Harden came in with 39.4%. So I mean they're able to on every single possession or nearly every single possession every single time they're passing they're able to rack up assists. And I don't think assists is a big thing with him like it, 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 he's usually putting guys in spots to make easy layups. And that's something that he is able to do. He's able to create offense for guys. Yeah. And I don't think he's a great passer. Like, I don't think he's, you know, like this stylish, crazy, great passer like Chris Paul's been back in the day or John right. Stockton or whatever or Magic. Um, but he is a very efficient player when it comes to passing the basketball. So I really do think that he's going to be able to keep that up. Um, and I think we probably will see his turnovers go down a little bit just because this is more of a wide open offense and they're not going to be limited to the space in between 
uh, you know, shooters and everything like that. We're going to see a little bit more spread out of an offense. You have P.J. Tucker out there. You have uh, Gerald Green still available. You have Eric Gordon. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw th- those three guards play together, uh, oh, yeah. Gordon, uh, Harden, and, and Russell. So I do think that, and Harden's a great shooter as well. So I do think that Russ is going to be a guy that still – Efficiency going to the basket and the assist going to the basket as well, and even you know passes to guys that are open. So even if he's not getting you know uh, first assist, but right. like tertiary assist as well, hockey assist. where yeah hockey assist where you know he dishes out to Gordon and then Gordon hits yeah. hard at the top of key or whatever, um, passing the open guy. I do think that he's going to be still very involved with that. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do that when Harden takes that role. When Harden's able to step up and Harden's able to, you know, run the pick and roll with uh, Clint Capella or he's going ISO and then he dishes out and then it goes, that hockey assist goes right to Russ and Russ is open. I I still don't know if he's going to be able to hit those shots and if he's still going to be willing to take it because if he does have, you know, a guy on him or there is a little bit of an opening, Russ still might want to try to, you know, go in and attack the lane. So I, I think that Russ isn't going to change much. I do still think that they're going to put him in what he's comfortable with, and I think that's mainly pick and roll. And they do still have a very great role man in Capella. the best. So I do think that that's going to be the main style of offense, and I don't think we're going to see him really adapt like Chris Paul did uh, mm-hmm. to the, at least the Houston offense. But I do think that D'Antoni realizes what he has and will at least put him in spots to benefit himself. I am worried to say that he'll have a better year. But I think that he might have a more efficient year. Yeah. But I don't know if he'll have the similar points that he had. I, w- I think he was at 20 this year, where uh, Paul George was at like 28. I don't know he if he's going to be able to. 22.9 to okay. end the 18-19 season. All right, cool. So 22.9. Yep. Um, I think that that's probably a safe spot for him. I don't think 24 is attainable for him, just because I do think that James Harden is going to still put up over 30 points per game. And I think that this offense is better than what we saw in OKC. OKC, obviously, the greater defensive team. Um, But I don't think that the shots are going to be there for him. I could see more of an increase in those assists, though, just because there are guys from the outside that can hit. And Clint Capella is so good going to the bucket. I think that we're going to see more assists from him, maybe that 12 to 13 range. okay. Where we'll see more scoring from James Harden and less scoring from, from Russ. The efficiency is still up in the air, though. I don't, I don't know where he's going to end up. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's hard to predict because I think you brought up an interesting point of what happens for the possessions where James Harden is the lead ball care, ball handler. And mm. I want to say that Russ playing off ball in OKC was really, really a struggle. Um, and I know quality of players around him has varied pretty widely uh, over time, but you watched him off ball and guys can easily sag off of him. He's not a threat to, you know, drop threes because he's shooting like 29% from three. So you have somebody who effectively, yes, in motion, he might be able to, you know, peel something off and, you know, take a stab at the lane, try to be a good slasher off ball. But I don't see him taking those like, Oh, catch and shoot threes for Russell Westbrook. No, it's usually like the clock's been winding down and here's the ball with four seconds left for us. Good luck. Mm -hmm. I, I'm curious to see how that's going to work out with James Harden uh, when he's primary ball handler for this offense. We did see a little bit of it last year because you did have Paul George and you did have Dennis Schroeder out there to at least ball handle a little bit and create a little bit uh, when Russ didn't have the ball. And the most catch-and-shoot threes that he had in his career, at least from when it was been tracking since 2013-2014, mm-hmm. uh, the frequency that he was taking, uh, 2.3 attempts last year, was the most that he had last year. But it was at 31%, which was lowest. The highest it's ever been was 2014-2015, mm-hmm. uh, where he was at 5.4 uh, 
frequency for his three-point percentage, uh, 1.1 attempts per game, so pretty much you know one less per game uh, throughout that whole season. And he was at 38.7. But outside of that, that was pretty much an anomaly. He's been you know around 34, 33, 31, yeah. uh, even 29 one year. So it's really there's no really substantial what can he do as an off-ball creator. And we've seen multiple times where he's just standing around yeah. and not moving. But is that just because he's been gassed so much because of you know the the amount of load that he's had? That, oh, yep, yep. The, the amount, amount of load. usage that he's had to uh, sustain. <laughs> Got to manage in OKC. that load too. Jesus Don't want to get too big. Christ. Uh, um, no, assholes. <laughs> when I mentioned like off ball run around, I, I'm I'm continuing. When, when I mentioned off ball run around, like you know you're not going to get a JJ Redick level of effort on offense because JJ Redick doesn't play defense. Like. You you brought in Russell Westbrook because he can be a two way player if he has the energy. If not, you're gonna get a very strong offensive player and someone on defense who can pick and choose his moments, but he's gonna get caught flat footed a number of times throughout the game. So I think it's a gamble. Like if you expect him to uh, try to be something off ball more than what his skill set says he can be right now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, it it's gonna be sketchy. I'm, I'm just gonna throw out there sporadically is yeah maybe we shouldn't expect too much from him really you because lower expectations well the reason why is we know this is james harden's team just as long as in my mind he's better than what chris paul was which like, i think he's I know, going to be and i know that like that's a low bar yeah and no disrespect to chris paul but it's kind of a low bar to exceed because of the injuries that chris paul had um like russ doesn't have to go out there and light the world on fire. He just has to, like when Dave was saying, pick his spots. Oh, Harden's having an off night. Let me pick it up. I can be the guy this night. And like the give and take between him and Harden to where if he supports Harden better than CP3 did, this team could go far. And that's the thing is like when he, when you, when you're, the way you're talking about, it, I agree with that. But I still struggle to be like, oh, his efficiency will go up. Because in, in, naturally you think mm-hmm. he's going to be taking on a, a, a lighter usage. He's yeah. going to be letting James Harden do most of the work. Or at least you know step up when James Harden is He's isn't. not the guy that everyone he's, just turns and looks he's, to. He's going to have less shots. And hopefully mm-hmm. those are going to be better shots. And you think that his efficiency is going to go up. But we mm-hmm. haven't seen that. We just don't know if he's a good yeah, shooter. We just, we he just might not be three good years. at it. So, but, but, but to, to help that, I do think that... In ways, I think we're actually going to see him be used more than Chris Paul. And that's Mm. A, because he's going to be more available, but also the player that he is. And James Harden has been gassed every time they've gone to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Well, this team needs to hit at some point. This is what Daryl Morey feels like he needs to be doing. I mean, this is it feels like he's going to go crazy if they don't. Mm -hmm. And Russell Westbrook is so dangerous with the ball. We know this. We know how much uh, ferocity he, he attacks the bucket with, and we know how good he is at passing. We know how good he is at finding the open guy, and we know how good he is at just beating his guy, creating that step, and being able to create offense in some way. Yeah. We know that he's not good with the ball not in his hands. So why not give him the ball a ton, right? Yep. And, yes, you might be wondering, well, what is James Harden going to do? The thing that I really like for this is that, A, you could still use him in deadly moments and, and isolate oh, yeah. his isolations where you could take it down a little bit but make them more important and make them more dangerous. And, hey, if he is going to lane, maybe he gets more fouls called and maybe they're better foul calls, right? Maybe maybe he's getting you know these calls, these clutch calls later in games. But what I do like to see is his off-ball shooting is insane. Yeah. James Harden's a great off-ball shooter. Oh, yeah. And he's last year he was shooting 41% from three uh, on catch-and-shoots, and that was with Chris Paul, but then he was at 36.7. Um, I do wonder, like, if he does have 39.5 the year before as well, 
If he does have a passer that is the caliber of Russ in 2015-2016, he was at 41% too. If he does have an off-ball pass, or if he does have a passer like Russ and he can play off-ball, how dangerous can James Harden be? And that's why I think his his scoring is going to be above 30 points per game. Is yes, you're adding a guy who Russ, you know, has typically averaged over 20 points per game uh, throughout his his career, but James Harden is such a great scorer. And yes, he's great at you know driving and creating his own uh, scoring as well. And he's the best at going to the free throw line. Yes, he is. But if you're able to add that other level to James Harden's game then how dangerous can he be when he does have a full head of steam and, hey, you need you need to win a game like that where you need to play ISO-heavy James Harden ball. What if you then just give it to him and he's fully fresh and he's fully healthy? He doesn't have to do that for all 82 games. I think that he could be extremely efficient. And I don't think it's going to help Russ this much, the move to Houston, but I think it's going to help James Harden more. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think offensively, you're right, Harden is going to benefit a lot from this. My big thing looking at that team's play style, though, is... It uh, adding in Russell Westbrook unlocks their fast break game like ridiculously well because one of the big things for him and I wonder if D'Antoni's gonna take this from OKC, like Dan Antoni, D'Antoni, yeah. Dan Antoni, D'Antoni, Dan Antoni guy, uh, will be the whole um, emphasis on the primary ball handler get like Russell Westbrook getting either the rebound or quick touch pass off the rebound to get that offense rolling because. They were not exactly a quick offense last year, and I'd be very curious to see what would happen if Russ gets to play up-tempo with them and what that happens. Because once he gets going, had a steam, he's bowling a channel shop. Like, you try to stop him coming when he's been sprinting, like, up to half court. Like, he can just fucking take one step, jab left, and then he's just at the hoop already. Like, he is quick, and I think a lot of people still don't understand how quick he moves with the ball in his hands. I just I love the idea of that team adding in just a small twist of what OKC did to really help Russell Westbrook unlock himself. Mm-hmm. Dude, no, the thing that I mean, oh. I didn't know you were going to come to me. Um, well, usually, well, usually it goes like Dave and Ricky. Well, the usually thing, the dynamic. The thing that I was waiting to throw out there, and I was waiting for a spot to kind of connect it. Now's your time. Is Jerry West was asked about Harden and Westbrook, and he said. They're basketball players. When you have basketball players like them, they're not just limited in one thing. They can do so many things. They'll make it work. And I think that a lot of people, myself included, are going to have questions about this Rockets team. Can they take these two, I don't want to say, I kind of want to say egos, um, more so with Westbrook than Harden. Can they take them, put them together, make them work? Where James Harden has been the guy for the Rockets for for the past couple of years. Last three years, Russ has been the head of the OKC Thunder. Can they come together kind of like how um, Doc put it in the um, article I'm looking at from the Houston Chronicle, where it's like D-Wade and LeBron, where obviously somebody is going to have to give a little bit. In Miami, it was D-Wade. D-Wade gave so that LeBron could come here, and they won titles doing that. I mean, mm. Chris Bosh gave the most, but... I mean, yeah, I did. didn't expect Chris Bosh to be the leading scorer for that team anyways. But, like, same thing here. Somebody's going to have to give. It's probably going to be Russ. But for this team to reach their goal, which is a championship, he's going to have to do that. And the expectation was would be give enough to, yes, Harden's the 
main guy in this team and supplement Harden so you guys can win games, and especially in the playoffs. If Harden gets gassed in games late, you got to be there to pick up the slack so this team can get over a team like the Nuggets, like the Warriors of yesteryear. Like Wade and LeBron, they did have a, a prior relationship, Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and James Harden. I don't think that the ego thing is going to be that big. I, I don't think that, A, Russ has that big of an ego. I think that Russ is, you know, where is fashionable. I think that Russ is vocal, but I don't think he has that big of an ego. I mean, how many times have we heard him like, I mean, he really hasn't had a chance to whine about not having the ball because he always has the fucking ball. (laughs) But I don't think he would be upset if they're winning. And we really didn't hear him complain with KD, He's like Bizarro Carmelo. Like, if he doesn't score X points and they still win the game, he's happy. Still a good guy in the locker room. I don't think it's all about points. I think it's really just about wins for him. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's I, the opposite I, of Carmelo. Carmelo, yeah. knock. I, I forget who came out and was talking about on the jump. Like, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. It was like, if we, you know, lost the game, but he scored 34, he got his, like, he, he'd be okay in the locker room. Mm-hmm. But if he scored, you know, 18 and we won the game, he, he'd be pouting at his locker. And it's like, all right, that's a character check right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I agree with you. I think Russell Westbrook, that man pours his fucking heart out on the court off the court like he is so passionate about the game of basketball i'd be surprised if he didn't un, like if he was asked to take that like slightly smaller role and be like look you need to understand what's best for this team in order to win games and to compete for a championship it is for you to do these things and take a step back as far as you're concerned yeah and last year he had 26 games where he scored under uh 20 points and they went 18 and 8 in, that, in those games and i don't think we heard russ bitching too much about oh hey i wasn't scoring enough yeah so I, I really do think that if he sees what's best for you know the Rockets team is to pass the ball and to at least just, you know, because I, I, I do think the biggest ego thing that he does have is not playing off ball mm-hmm. and not being that efficient of a, a worker. Maybe being around an offensive mind like Mike D'Antoni will be able to change his, yep. his thought process and not playing around Scott Brooks and Billy Donovan. Um, if he's around you know a guy like D'Antoni, maybe that his mindset will change. But even if it if it doesn't, and he's like, well, I could still pass the ball to be effective, I think those egos will be absolutely fine. And I think mm-hmm. that they they they're superstars for sure. But we've seen time and time again that egos really haven't been a thing in a very long well, time. When was the last time egos got in the way of teams? Here's one thing that I've Shaq and Kobe. Well, championship caliber teams or teams in general, because like. Uh, I, it's like, let's give like it a championship. Good teams. Yeah. Good teams. Yeah. Like, when was the last time good like egos got in the way of good teams? I mean, when everyone's getting paid, that helps. I mean, I think the when Caleb, the LeBron, is... Kyrie thing. That was probably... But did it get in the way? They, they went to the finals. Afterwards. They went to the finals. They could have but perhaps affect them on... done more had yeah. Kyrie not demanded his way out of town. But I'm, I'm talking about, like, the actual season. Oh, okay. Right? In season. I don't yeah. think we didn't know that Kyrie stuff happened until it happened, and we're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. True. We were all taken aback by that. We didn't know that was happening. Like, it didn't really come out. Well, I mean, wasn't the really team did a good job of kind of hiding it. Yeah, I'm like, trying to, I'm trying to think of know. a blow-up that happened mid-season mm-hmm. that affected a team, really. here's the I, I don't think it's happened in a very long time. Here's the thing Thanks. I want to throw out is, is it weird that we're expecting Russ to be the one that is like, oh, you've got to fit? Because, like, the thing I think of that Miami team when LeBron came in, mm-hmm. who was the one that was like, "Hey, I'll take on the lesser load." It's D Wade. Hey, I'll take the step back because I've got LeBron. 
Same thing with the Warriors. KD comes in, and I know people are going to say, well, Ricky, LeBron was a better player than D. Wade. Well, that's what it is. KD, better player than... Um, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, where Steph is like, fuck it. Like, I'll take the step back. I'll. We're winning games. That's easy. And that's where, like, you Harden's come in. a better player. If they're winning games, it's going to be fine. But at the same time, I kind of look at it and I go, usually when we see this high-caliber player come in... It's a player that's already been there. That's like, hey, you know what? You know what? I'll take the step back. I'll be the one to kind of mesh here that you're coming in. And in this case, we're kind of expecting the new variable to come in and just jump on board with already like what's being buy made in. here yep. in Houston. I, I think he yeah, realizes that. And you, your your point is kind of fair because you know Steph was the guy and he was mm-hmm. you know one of the most popular players in the league at the Two-time time. MVP. Same same Literally, with D Wade. Greatest years of um, all time. Yeah. Yeah. Same with D Wade too. The but greatest. I think well, it it was it's pretty clear in all of those situations who the better player was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just the first time that it's been flipped where they've added a player at least to this caliber yeah. um, where the the better player is still on the team. Like I, I don't know if we've had this in a, in a bit. Where you know the super team, mm-hmm. me like you can't really say Paul Pierce either. Um, I'm just trying to think of the super teams. When Jimmy came to the Sixers, Jimmy was better than all of them. True, good point. Yeah, that that's what what? I was. Like. I mean, maybe Embiid. No. Oh my God, yes. Last year, you take Butler over Embiid. Yes, really. Embiid had better stats across the board. Don't get me wrong. Like from a statistical standpoint, yeah. but what meant more to that team winning games was Jimmy Butler being there. He, he was a driving but do, force but for them But do you not think games. that he pushed them over the edge? I mean, like, like he, I, I think he could be a catalyst, but do you think that he was, like, what makes him the better, like, what? I, I'm, I'm curious yeah, about yeah. this. What do you think made him the better player, though? I think the fact that he was a complete wing has more value than a two-way, like, two-way wing has better value than a two-way center. Okay. Um, and then I think on top of that, it's the fact that Jimmy is a veteran who has been in playoff situations in his career he has the ability to close out games, which is not something that uh, Joel Embiid had had great success with because Embiid, even to his own credit, talks about this. Um, I cut a clip of him in the Rachel Nichols interview. He was going over like how late in games he had a bad tendency to dribble the ball and turn it over heavily. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't look for passes right away. He was just... He, he wasn't in a great mindset. He didn't have a great plan for what would happen in those late-game situations, and he really depended on someone like Jimmy Butler to come in and take the load, take the management, and he doesn't have to worry. Embiid was allowed to just play simple, mm-hmm. and then Butler could manage very clutch situations, how to round out the f- entire fourth quarter of a game where games are decided in the majority of these cases for that team. So I think it was just his overall impact on the team I felt was heavier than Joel Embiid, who understandably had a monster year and, yeah. and I, I mean put up amazing numbers but I think Jimmy Butler's impact well, on the team itself yeah. was higher and obviously Jimmy had to step up more in the playoffs just due to Joel's sickness um, as well as Ben Simmons disappearance that's typical yeah um, just, I'm just tossing out no I, I it's it's a fair argument I just I haven't heard that it's close though I I, I think they're I think they'd be pretty close and if you say Embiid's better that's fine I'm just mm-hmm. it, what I value is different the only person I can think of where the team added a player that would be considered not... Like of, of Russ's value. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Paul George when he was added to the Thunder. Because you think about this past... Was it this past year? Yeah, this past year where it's like Russ was... Russ yeah. is, to okay. me, the better player, but Paul George had the season where he was in like the MVP voting. And at, stuff. The, at the time that the trade was made, yes, Russ was the better player, right? 
Yeah, because yeah. that was that was a year last after year, his. So last year you would vote Paul George as a better player than Russ. Yeah. Russ is falling. Yeah, in oh, your yeah, ranking. For sure, okay, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean Russ. Because like even like because even Kawhi, like that was another easy one where Kawhi was obviously the better player because he's way better in rankings than Kyle Lowry. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. They flipped it. Basically, Russ was the better player going into the first year, and the second year, Paul George flipped the switch, basically. I think the whole playoff P thing kind of uh, pu- pushed the workout mode extra, and he gave it, like, everything last year. He had a fantastic year. Good until, call there. Until Dame met him. Good good call there. Um, yeah. yeah I, can't, I can't think of any other, like— instance like that we're probably just missing like a huge blatant mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm absolutely one. sure um i mean because like well, Kawhi going to toronto Kawhi is obviously the best player on that yep. team blake going to the pistons better than that's Andre not even Drummond. a good team we're talking about good teams <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, just thinking of like big star players that moved. that moved recently when chris paul went to the rockets harden was better I think that was the, that one was like the like chris paul's yeah. the aging veteran so yeah yeah it makes sense yeah i think that was more age though yeah mm-hmm. Because Chris Paul was a complete point guard. Yeah. That's, that's still the argument. Because <laughs> they, they're the same age right now, mm-hmm. uh, Russ and Harden. Harden's a little bit younger. Right? Do, like, you, do you like, think with this, Laker, with this Laker team, who's the one Who's the one being the D-Wade um, kind of a character? Is it well, this one's Anthony in, this Davis one's or LeBron? more interesting because we haven't seen a big go with a, a, yeah. a guy like this. Because we, we haven't seen bigs. Like in a very long time, be this valuable, mm-hmm. and then also be moved in trades. Yep. Like yeah. the last time it was happened was Demarcus Cousins, mm-hmm. but Demarcus Cousins went to a team with another big. So like, I don't think we've had that opportunity to see this type play out because they might not need to take a step back because they just might both elevate each, <laughs> each other's other. game. So that one's a little bit different. Different where you know we ha- you have a guy playing the one and a guy playing the mm-hmm. five, and that's in- in- inherently just going to make. Each other better because you have the pick and roll element where both guys can yeah. can succeed. Yeah. Damned if you do, damned if you don't on that coverage. Yeah. Fuck. So, shit. Yeah. Uh, I I think that going back to the the, the Rockets though, I, I think yeah. that Russ is going to be taking the step back because a Harden's a better player right now and he is the guy in Houston. Where I think that you can make the argument that if you know at the time with Miami, you know that was still Wade's team. Everybody still loved Wade without a yeah. doubt, but LeBron was untouchable at that point. So and oh I think God, the, yeah, I think KD was the same point th- there too. So yeah. Um. Anyways, best backcourt in the NBA. I mean, they got Dame and CJ beat. Dame's mm. better than Russ, and Harden's better than CJ. So it's really who's better, CJ or Russ? I mean, you mean really? What? It's Russ. I'm just laying the out level that of ar- difference between I'm, Dame and Russ versus. Harden and CJ. I'm just laying the volumes out. different on that on that two guard position. I know. I know. We talked about you know which, which yeah. tandem of superstars, but I'm just, as far as a backcourt's concerned, like I think the Blades are the second best backcourt in the NBA. And I hesitate to say that out loud. Well, I mean, I gotta, even like I'm not a hundred percent in on that. I got to go with our rankings. It's got to be Conley and Don Mitch, right? <laughs> <laughs> that one's the Jazz, interesting. The Jazz and are number one. The Warriors. <laughs> they, with, they were number one team. They weren't. They weren't ranked the highest. Well, I'm just though, saying for those like, positions. That's, that's a that's a pretty good. Back and then you have the Warriors with D'Lo and Steph Curry. Yeah. And then when Clay gets which back. I don't think they're up there. I don't know. But it, Clay won't be in the backcourt. It would be D'Lo. Clay'd be and at Steph. the three. Yeah. True. He was only uh, at the two. I would. I would not take. Because we don't know how Steph and D'Lo are going to play together. Yeah, I would no. not put them there. Um, I think it's more easier to see how Russ and James will play together. Yep. Um, I'm looking well, around the so, league. And so I don't here see we had we had Dame at two, punch. we had Dame at two, and we had Russ at three. Yeah. Or Russ at four actually. We had Dame at two, Russ at four. 
Um, and then for shooting guard, we had Harden at one, CJ at four. I would probably, yeah, I'd probably say Houston, not based yeah. off those rankings, but I, I would just say. Both will struggle with some defense. Uh, both guys on the offensive end can create, though. So, yeah. Where does Chris Dunn and Zach Levine rank in this? Number two. Top 10? Real far down. <laughs> Real far down. No, really. Somewhere it's, it's right. Co- Kobe White and Zach Levine, top 10. Somewhere right in front of the Knicks. <laughs> uh yeah all right let's let's go in final words on this um with the expectations that we talked about russ uh, as a solo player where do you think that this will push the rockets to what, what's their what's their ceiling for you ricky um dave you're not gonna have the same question western, so conference, western conference finals is their ceiling okay. i don't think they go to the finals there's too much talent in that west and dave if they watch the hot take if not go back to last week absolutely they know that you think that they could be the best team in the western conference that you think that they can go to the finals yep what is this point that could be the downturn of this team what's what's the what's the, the achilles heel the achilles heel of this is it russ and james or is it something else that's not them the lack of depth is the obvious one that I think a lot of people are going to focus in on. But in all honesty, I would have a fear of if this team struggles defensively because, again, they've lost some coaching staff um, that was helping them. And if they struggle defensively like they did to start last season, I wouldn't be surprised to see people pointing fingers at Russell Westbrook and being like, we'll see. Just like Melo had it happen where Melo basically got you know shunned off the team. I know there's a whole bunch of other shit going on with that, but... Um, just one of the points was they were losing games with Melo. Their defense was atrocious. I could see something similar where if they struggle out of the gates and the media and fans start to create this um, persona around Russell Westbrook is the reason we're not going to be able to win. Like if that starts to divide, I don't. I, I don't think it'll divide the locker room because, like you said, Russ and James are close. But I wouldn't be surprised if they struggled out of the gate and all that media shit got things going, and then we started hearing some shit about like. Maybe they will separate these two. Maybe they maybe they are not able to play together. Do they have an op? Do they have? Do they have the ability to separate each other though? I don't think financially they'll have the options to. I mean, we've said that in the past, and then shit always happens. Chris Paul was never supposed to get traded because his contract was the worst contract in the NBA. That's uh, true. You know, Andrew Wiggins never going to get traded because his contract's the worst contract. That one's being rumored to happen this year. So I think it's a matter of like anything's possible when you have other teams involved. But I could see that starting up if they falter out of the gates. They're not going to overreact this year. These are two guys that are under contract until 2022, 2023. They come up at the same time. This that's is the a, year to that's strike, a, though. There but is I, no I, one in the I think West that's a who next has year the con- I think that's a next-year conversation. I don't think they overreact like that if they struggle this year. I just year. see this as the, this is the best opportunity mm-hmm. since their last one when they won 60-plus games. I agree with you that this is the year. If they're going to hit, the, this is the year. Yeah. Um, I, I, they I have to pull out all the stops. Like This This yeah. is the mortgage of future. Do anything Be- you need to. Because you, I think you have an upper edge over the Clippers, at least when it comes to your two stars, just because they've played together before. I don't know how much that means because it's been a while since that's happened. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you have an edge over the Clippers in general. Um, clearly not. Um, but the Clippers will still, I mean, the West is so tough that they can get knocked out before you even have to meet them. So yeah, I, I think that their, their ceiling is NBA Finals. I think that their downfall won't be them clashing or media stuff because mm-hmm. – Really, with media stuff, if you're able to control it, 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 it'll be fine. 
like if you're able to if you're able to say the right things, you can calm things out there. And, and we yep. saw how bad of a start they got out to last year, and they were able to bounce back. So, I think the biggest thing that can hurt them would be probably depth. I think maybe even just starting lineup in general because outside of Capella, outside of Harden, outside of Westbrook, I don't know if you have the guy, right? You're telling me the 35-year-old P.J. Tucker doesn't still got it in the tank? I, I, don't, I think he's Joe good Green for what off he the couch? is. I, I, think he, it, I think he's good for what he is, but I don't think you have like the guy to just put you over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think yeah. you have that glue guy. You know, if glue guys even exist anymore, I don't think you have that Robert Ory, right? I don't think you have that. Uh, Such a scumbag. I don't think. Who? Robert is, Ory. Is Everyone it? hates Robert Ory. Yeah. Really? For yep. what? Listen to some shit from some ex-players. He is not well loved. Well, shit. <laughs> well, be the glue guy like Robert Ory. Let's get Ron Artest. Ron Artest was a classic he glue guy. He absolutely was. Glue guy. Yep. All right. Just be a glue guy. Where's the glue guys at? Where's the Tony Kukoc, right? Let's just go back to the Bulls, right? Where's the where's the glue guy? Let's get a glue guy, glue guy in here in Houston. I mean, I think they got it's a glue probably guy. Thabo. He was fantastic in years past. I love him to death. I former know. bull, former bull, can't go wrong. Why Austin not just get D Rose? No, they no. couldn't afford D Rose. Well, they literally couldn't afford him. Uh, anyways, uh, those are our final thoughts about the Rockets. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. What do you think uh, the expectations for Russell Westbrook should be for this year, 2019-2020? Uh, what do you think? Uh, is going to happen. But let us know down in the comments below. But let's jump into the next topic, and we're going to go out west to the Denver Nuggets. They drafted some kid named Michael Porter Jr. Uh, I think it was right at the lottery. I think he was uh, round one, uh, pick 14. And Michael Porter Jr. was one of my favorite players in that draft. He was coming in Should as my number one. He, he, well, he was my number one guy going <laughs> in, uh, but then he didn't play at all. He was injured. Uh, so No, not at all. He did play, and Just, he played poorly. It doesn't count. He played like <laughs> four count. games because and he looked awful. And then he got hurt again. Yeah. And then he got hurt again. Yeah. And then he got hurt again. No, he's back now. He's fine. No, no, no. He now got hurt he's twice. fine. He had, he had that the back multiple injury. Surgeries. He and had then, the back injury and then he fixed the back injury and then they fixed the back injury again. It was just three times. Yeah. And then this offseason he tweeted out not just Adam Silver's phone number, but his email as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great those. to get in contact with uh Kamish. Should we call him right now? We could. He definitely changed, changed his number. Changed number. Fuck. Yeah. Um, but that email's still the same, I bet. Yeah. Um, anyways, with that being said, uh, Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. has not been on the floor since being drafted in 2018. He was one of my favorite prospects in that draft. It was lately, later taken over by Luka. Uh, and the uh, debate that Dave and I had about Michael Porter Jr. versus Luka Doncic. Uh, I was right. It was lost by me. I was right um, by a lot. But you know, I was I also, right by a lot in a lot of those arguments. I also lost the careers. Cat, are sti- careers yeah. are still young. You should. You no, should probably. Well, uh, probably probably take the hint. It was at a pro. It was. It was as a prospect. So Dave won that one for the Luca thing. And then also, there's no way Cat's going to be better than Joel Embiid <laughs> unless Joel Embiid breaks every bone in his body. I remember that. That was an overtime segment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, let's go back to the actual thing. We keep getting sidetracked. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. Now finally healthy uh, is going to be enjo- he's, he's apparently enjoying his first official training camp. Uh, preseason's coming up as well. Let's talk about what impact he can have on this team. One thing that I think is going to hurt him is how deep this Denver team already is. But if we think that this kid is fully you know healthy and he is this talented, there's no way they cannot play him, right? Uh, I want to say no. I want to say that they they should absolutely give him, but. You have to minutes restrict him, heavy minutes restrict him to start the season. Like, unless he looks like an 
absolute star out there. I, I would keep him on a close minutes cap to start the season because this is a very good team already. Mm-hmm. And you're going to mess with their mojo by putting out someone like Michael Porter Jr. And then, I, I understand there were, there were a couple guys who struggled last mm-hmm. year, a couple injuries, but I still would not be too early to jump the gun on being all in on Michael Porter Jr. Everyone says he's shooting great. It's great. I don't trust his back. Do you trust his back? No. Do you trust his back? I don't know. I haven't looked at his back professionally. The answer's no. What, like if you like, how long would it take for you to trust his back? Like I if you, if you, got, to, if you got to examine Michael Porter Jr.'s <laughs> back, how long would it take for you to be like, yeah, I trust his back? I mean, a, a couple. How, minutes, how about we do some different? What would you look for? What would you look for? No sturdiness. I want to see like, sturdiness. Yeah, how sturdy that is. It's a definable measurement. Ch- I think his bones are jello. <laughs> gotta, gotta get sturdy. He's got a seven point five on the gotta, sturdiness. Gotta also, gotta also see, gotta see how the back moves. I mean, if it's all <laughs> stiff, yeah. but no. DeAndre Ayton got a nine on the sturdiness. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> gotta, gotta see how the back looks. Hashtag on the court. Hashtag on the court. Let <laughs> uh, me answer this with a different question. How would you rate his family's medical history? Not good. On a scale but, of... Uh, yikes. But, Dave, but, Dave, yeah. those are, but those are ACLs, not backs. Yeah, which means oh, we're he fine. hasn't even hit his peak. <laughs> what, his sister had, what, five ACL injuries? Five ACLs. Okay. His Do brother we know, had two. Do we know I any, think his other sister had three. Do we know anything about the ACL injuries yes. being genetic? Yes, I looked it up. He actually yes. did look it up on a on previous a show. <laughs> <laughs> this kid's screwed. So what I'm saying is I'm awesome with playing him. I think he deserves 15 minutes a night. Out the gates. Mm-hmm. I would be hesitant to give him anything more than that because, A, he has not played basketball for more than two games in the last two years. So there's number one concern. Number two is his basketball IQ at this point had a team that plays in a unique style of offense yeah. and defense. I think he needs to be slowly brought into the system. I'm not okay with just putting him out there well, and letting him go. And that's why I love what you just said because uh, this first thing from the Denver Post that I uh, uh, the, this article that I want to bring into it uh, it first starts off with the last time Michael Porter Jr. returned from an extended absence he took a game high 17 shots at his first game back and cannibalized the Missouri Tigers <laughs> offense. But then there was something that I think goes into what you were saying and Mike Malone said he's going to do some things this year that are going to make my beard and hair turn a little grayer. Uh, but that's a part of it. He's talented. He's a talented young player so he is going to make stupid mistakes because he doesn't have that basketball IQ yeah. and I think he probably still thinks that he is the best player on the court because he has been for his mm-hmm. entire life Ricky but I, I do think that I agree with Dave you do have to give him minutes I don't know if 15 is going to be well, it because there's a lot of good players in that team and, but and that's the thing you've got I mean first off Will Barton has a hamstring Will, injury right now it says he's day-to-day but how's that gonna affect him and right now like the open battle well, at the three is have to Torrey take it Craig and day by day to see how it's going to. Yeah, exactly that. Um, Craig and Hernan Herman Gomez too are like they're they're going to get minutes. So yeah. like if they're getting minutes, how much are going to? It's kind of like what we talked about with Kobe White on Superfans. It's that Torrey's going to get minutes. Juancho's going to get minutes. How many is going to be left over for Michael Porter Jr. Especially. If he's making those bonehead mistakes, because if he's making bonehead mistakes, first you got to go out there and go, well, really, he's a rookie because he hasn't really played yes. a game. 
But if he still makes those, we're a playoff team. We can't afford those. So like enough of those get you on the pine. Here's the thing that I, I am intrigued with because there is a spot for him to play in. If you're mm-hmm. looking at the per-game minutes for the Nuggets in the regular season, Jamal Murray played 32, Jokic played 31, Harris 28, Barton 27, Millsap 27, Montemoros 24, Beasley 23, Plumley 21, Torrey Craig 20, uh, Wancho uh, 19.4, and then Trey Lyles had 17 uh, and a half minutes per game. Mm-hmm. So that is a spot where now Trey Lyles, being on the San Antonio Spurs, gives you open minutes. Asterisk, they added someone who is better than him potentially. Correct. In Jerry, Jeremy. I almost yeah. said Jerrion. Wow. Mm-hmm. Old player. Yeah, bad Notre player. Dame. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant, who has been a amazing development project case mm-hmm. and looks like a very strong uh 3 and d wing yeah but then to counter that they did get rid of tyler lyden who in his 25 games played 3.8 points uh, i don't think jared so vanderbilt's going to be that big of a, a a player in their rotation i don't even think he's even on the team right. anymore uh yeah he is uh but he he in his 17 games he played 4.1 and then to go along with that isaiah thomas in his 12 games got 15.1 so i think there's a, a spot for him to get put <sighs> those into are the rotation. Minutes. Um, without a doubt, but they still found <laughs> minutes for him, right? And so I, I do yeah. wonder, like, if they're able to move some of these minutes from the Trey Lyles uh, acquisition. And I think Will Barton's not going to get 27 minutes a game because he was bad last year. I think that's mostly going to go to uh, 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 Jeremy. And then I think uh, Paul Millsap, they want to keep him fresh. So I think they might roll back his minutes. I think he might get rolled back to 25 so you're opening up minutes. I think they're going to allocate minutes to make sure Grant gets in there. But I also think they're going to give him a shot. I think 15's too much uh, for for him out the gate. MPJ. I think you could probably see him get in there around 10 minutes a game though, and probably you know a couple with the first unit and a couple with the second unit. My big thing that I, I think 15 is reasonable, and that's why I tossed out there because this is a team at home that plays so well. Mm-hmm. They blew out a lot of teams. That's fair. And they ate up a lot of garbage time with those guys. Like. I, I look and we always talk about how their depth is amazing, but the only reason we know their depth is amazing is because they got to finish out so many games last year. They didn't need their starters to play 35 minutes again. They didn't even play 34. 30, like it was impressive levels of, um, I guess you know, competition difference. For whatever reason, Denver owns their home court. It's one of the best home court advantages in basketball. It's that altitude. Everybody wants to talk up to the altitude. That that's whatever. I'm 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 a believer in it for now. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I think that I think they're going to be in situations where they can afford to play him, and it's not going to be critical. Like he, if he's going to be allowed to make those mistakes because they're going to be winning by X amount of points. <laughs> because let's be fair, the Phoenix Suns are still a team. I mean, like there there's still those bad teams in the West that they're gonna play. There's still bad teams in the East too. There's more in the East. Who am I kidding? There's a lot more in the East. But so he'll get those minutes against most of these. He'll get garbage time. Yeah, I I'm a big believer in the fact that this Denver Nuggets team. That there's not many reasons to believe that last year they were the second best team in the West. First, really first? No, second. Second, second best team in the Golden West. Say it was still one. Yeah, so they were second best team in the West, and they blew out so many teams, and and games weren't extremely competitive it's like when you would watch Giannis go off and like first half of the game Giannis looks like he could put up 60 tonight well he just took a breather you know and I think that's the same situation here's, where they're going to be able to give him those opportunities here's the thing where I that I've been reading that I, I disagree with you just because I think he's going to get the bulk of his minutes and possibly those garbage time minutes mm-hmm. for sure but 
Mike Malone was talking, and he said when about the open competition at small forward, uh, he mentioned Torrey Craig, he mentioned uh, Juancho, um, has a, a present moments alongside the starting unit, um, and he didn't mention that Porker, Porter cycled into those runs as well. So I don't think he's going to be willing to give him the starting job right away, without a doubt, and I think that's absolutely fair. But Jokic came in and started gushing mm-hmm. about uh, Porter and said he's a really good shooter. He can post mm-hmm. up guys. He can go by go by guys. He's a really talented player. We didn't have a player like that just size-wise. You could see he's attacking the basket. He's good going to the ball. Like, he's bullying people. He's going to be really good. He said, we had a lineup with me, Gary, Jamal, uh, and Paul, and he was there. We were just moving and cutting. He just didn't know what to do. We told him, when you're standing, you're wrong. Whatever you do, just move. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, for sure, because obviously he doesn't know this offense yet, but... I do think that Malone's going to give him the opportunity to play with these guys. And I think we're going to see him just a little bit in spurts on what he can do with the first unit I because he's so. not going to learn the offense if he's not. Yeah. And if he's able to pick it up, he's able to pick it up quickly, he's probably their most talented player. So, like, no, like, on the bench. Okay. Oh, yeah, relax here. <laughs> Fucking relax. Here. Don't, don't make statements Relax. Like that. <laughs> Definitely I mean, not the best. Most Jokic got fat, but like, I, I still <laughs> Jokic is my number one player right now. It's, it's Jokic and Luka. All... It's Jokic and Luka just constantly battling here. But I do think that Michael Porter Jr., with his talent, if he is able to go out there and he is able to learn the offense, I think that they might give him a shot. You know what makes me chuckle, he, too? Because you don't want him getting injured, like, playing garbage minutes. You want yeah. him getting injured playing something that matters. So, like, put him well, in when it matters. Ideally, you do not want him to get injured yeah. at all. Um, but the funny thing is know. that same uh, Denver Post article that uh, Sean was reading from, I love who Michael Porter compared himself to. Oh, I'm going to use air quotes. Where he said... Um, it's just going to take me being mature because we have such a great team already, and I'm a first-year player. I don't know everything that is going on. I probably won't get the huge role I wanted off the bat, but every player started out slow. Look at Kawhi Leonard when he was first in San Antonio. And that's something where it's like, I get what you're trying to say, but let's not drop Kawhi's name because people are then going to be like, oh, so he thinks he's going to be the next Kawhi Leonard, right? You have That's the vastly expectation. different skills <laughs> and career trajectories. I'm just going to say that. Kawhi Leonard came in as an amazing defensive mm-hmm. player with all of the physical tools to be a monster in the league. Jokic, Tim Duncan. And you came Jokic, in. Jokic, Tim Duncan. <laughs> and you came into the Jokic. league. Jokic. Tim Duncan. I mean, Tim Duncan. <laughs> Scale? <laughs> um, well, yeah, Tim Duncan's heavier. Pro- give me, hang on. Oh. <laughs> here, here. No, no. I, give, I, me, give me proof that Tim Duncan's a better basketball player than Nicole Jokic. Fundamentals. All right. Literally, the big. Everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it was a joke. Relax. So, guys. what I was saying was Kawhi, physical tools, amazing defensive mm-hmm. instincts, and just a work ethic and a willing to grow his shot. Boardman gets paid. Absolutely. Meanwhile, Michael Porter Jr. is literally the the antibody. Like he he is everything you don't want, other than the fact he's tall. Like everything else about him, mm-hmm. his family medical history, his own medical history, his struggles. No, no. You but he is offensively gifted. The man can fucking score. Mm-hmm. Like we watched that in high school. We watched him dominate, and it was awesome. I wish we would have got to watch it in college, but shit happens like that injury. Yeah, I, I think that. The biggest thing that's going to come down to is his actual work ethic. I mean, that's what defines 
every great player. Yeah. You know, Kawhi's working his ass off like every single day. I mean, you look how ripped and jacked he is. Like, you, it's not natural. You, you hear you, the you Jimmy Butler stories? Up. Jimmy Butler's are at 3.30 in the morning. Convin- uh, and, and he basically shamed his teammates into showing up. I mean, come on, that's awesome. <laughs> well, if yeah. I'm doing it, why aren't you yeah, doing it? You're dragging Bam and you're dragging, um, oh God, who is the other one? Uh, Myers Leonard. Yeah. The gym at 3 in the morning. Yeah. Myers needs it. We need him out. To we need fair, out there playing well. Uh, Giving those Alina a bad name. But with, with that, uh, yeah. classic Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> right? But with I that, mean, I, I mean, love Jimmy Butler. We, we need to see <laughs> that from Jimmy. Michael Porter Jr., just that, that work ethic to become great. And, yes. and I think that a struggle that might come in right away is that I think he thinks he is great, um, which he is very talented, but yep. it doesn't make you great, right? So I, I think that's gonna what, what it's going to come down to with Michael Porter Jr. is how much can he push himself. I think the expectations for him should be like going into the season – I think that he's going to get minutes to start the season, but nothing too major. I think that he's going to have to he's going to get some time with first unit, but just like you know second quarter bullshit. Um, and then when it comes to January, and I said this with Kobe White too, mm-hmm. I want to see what they do with two, like after two months and after those two months, where is he at and is he getting more increased minutes? And then you know by February in the All Star break. Is he in the starting lineup? Because I think it is a possibility that he hits the starting lineup because he is this talented. It's just all about learning the offense. If he doesn't learn the offense, he's not getting a minutes increase, and he's staying exactly where he's going to be. And if he starts hurting the team, even in those lower minutes, he's just not going to get playing time because this is a team that's going to win, right? Yeah. That's Without you or with you, Michael Porter Jr., mm. we're winning. You yep. can come along for the ride. You can help us. You're either on the train gravy. or off the train. Exactly. So The he, gravy train. He, he needs to be, you know, some thick gravy here uh, to, to help them out. And I think that he needs to... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the dude's 300 pounds. I'm sorry. It's, he's it's 275. Him. It's him, Amari Spellman's fat ass, and Simon and Summer shaming him. Like, those three dudes are coming in close to a ton. <laughs> Do you know how much a ton is? It's 1,000 pounds, right? Is it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. That's one thanks, thanks U.S. education system. Pounds. <laughs> No, it's 2,000. 2,000. Okay, I am yeah. way off. A U.S. ton is You need a Robert pounds. trailer in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. I'm just saying, there's there's three three thick boys in the league. How many pounds That's would it? be there's all together? That's it? There's only three thick boys? I mean... Kyle Lowry. No, he's... Well, I mean, like, Kyle Lowry's thick, but not in the same way, you know? But, he's, like, thick with two Cs. These, these guys are just fat. <laughs> 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 there's no other fat guys in the league? Amari Spellman. Yeah. Zion Williamson in NBA Summer League. Yeah. Jokic, and then Jokic. Yeah. Honestly, I I, I don't Felicio. know. Felicio. That dude's fat. I don't know. He might be. Felicio's you fat. You might got me there. Who else? There's got to be more fat people. Big Baby Davis is gone. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely I'm gone. Ricky's the point like fat <laughs> NBA player. Kendrick Perkins wasn't that fat. On Google. He's just big. <laughs> Boban? Boban's tall, though. It, the, the weight distributes equally. But... Like, what are we talking fat here? Because, like, he is, like, 275, but you're right. He's 7'6". But, like, do you think... Are we saying, like, if you got a beer gut, like, are you fat? Scalabrini was yeah. 250? That dude was big. There's not, not a lot of He's NBA still players have beer guts. <laughs> There's a lot of cardio going on in basketball games. <laughs> Tell Jokic that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what's great about him, though. Like, I, I was reading, there's a whole article comment section fucking Reddit about it. And it's like, yeah, that that's your top 10 player in the NBA right there. After he rolls out and plays 60 minutes in a 4 OT game, just waddling down the court back and forth, never having a problem. He coasts. He's That's just, what he is. He's just gassed, though. He's coast, and I love him. Uh, I think that 
it's going to be dependent on how he picks up the offense. If he doesn't pick it up, then we're not going to see him. But if he does, I think that he can honestly thrive in this because he's he's quick, he's long, mm-hmm. and with that cutting, he's just going to be able to create a little bit of space, and that's all he needs. Is he the favorite for Rookie of the Year? Hell no. Zion. Zion's, Zion's getting... not even the favorite amongst fucking his own, uh, I guess, uh, class. Like... Who is? They are voting, about? and uh, I think R.J. Barrett and um, somebody else beat him. Right? That was like the draft night thing. It was post. It was like draft night or post draft night, mm-hmm. and it was all the coverage. And they were like, "Oh yeah, Zion got voted like second for most likely to win." I want to know if Zion voted for himself though, or did he pull Humble. a me thing where it's like, you know what? I'm not going to vote for myself. Yeah, I it was a poll taken by rookies, and Zion was not the number one. Hmm. And he know. also wasn't the number one for, like, long-term success. I think they all voted for fucking, like, Cam Reddish. Really? <laughs> yeah. Weirdly so they're, they're just NBA Twitter guys? I don't know. It's just that they, they, Maybe. they all think that he's going to be something. So it um, changed, though, because uh, at the end of August, rookies vote Zion Williamson to win okay. Rookie of the Year. So there you go. Pick yeah. fellow Duke star Cam Reddish to have best career. See? Zion has the same odds, like, like in Vegas right now to win the MVP as Blake Griffin, Trey Young, and Nikola Vucevic does. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And DeMar DeRozan. And he has better odds than Rudy Gobert does. I mean, that makes sense, And though. Zion's Zion actually... Defense. Zion, if you took Zion and you placed 50 bucks on him, I think you'd win 42 bucks back. Where if you did that to Ja, you, you'd make money off of it. Yeah, so I, that's where he's standing right now in, like, okay, so actual you, favorites. So Michael Porter Jr., dark horse, then. <laughs> to win the MVP. For rookie, no, oh, okay. rookie of the year. I'm not, come on. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't even, oh, yeah, he does show up. Yeah, he's 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 1,600, uh, Porter is. Uh, so, like, if you put 40 bucks on that for <laughs> rookie of the year for Mike Porter Jr., you win 640 bucks. You put it 40 on uh, Zion, you win 30. Um <laughs> So I, I think it's still Zion, and I think he's the clear favorite, unless he's like literally like a track, a track, a, yeah, tractor out there. Like I, I don't think that he's going to be. I don't think he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. Okay, so you've you pretty much got his lock. So Michael Porter Jr. breaks in the starting lineup by the All Star game. He's putting up like twelve a night. Yeah, where Zion's been in it since October, he's putting up fifteen. Like it's not close. All right, uh, I'm just saying. Do you think that it is twelve a night reasonable then, or do you think that's like the With ultra high end. Gil, I mean it depends on the minutes. If he's getting if he's getting like twenty two minutes a game, twenty five minutes a game, fifteen's pro or what twelve, yeah, twelve is reasonable. 12, yeah. For sure. Um it just depends on the minutes that he's getting. Okay. Because the offense is high high powered. So yeah. and if he's getting garbage time minutes too, then that could even help his his, his stat line as well. Um mm-hmm. I think twelve if I saw twelve at the end of the year, I think that'd be great. If I saw sixty games 12 points per game, be happy by that. And if, if you shoot efficiently. So even even then, if he's not shooting, if he's not scoring a ton, but he's shooting efficient, efficiently and he's get, he's playing and he doesn't get injured, I think that's a successful year for him. Sounds good. I Yeah, I, I think a lot of people want to jump out and just crown his ass as like, oh, he's the dark horse for a fucking rookie of the year. And I'm like... There is no dark horse in my mind. Like, literally, there's nothing... Like, the way that somebody else wins rookie of the year is if Zion gets hurt. I... I don't, I don't think I, I think Zion can lose it healthy. I think we're I forgetting how good Zion is. Nope, nope. I agree with you. Do, do you not remember? I do. The bowling ball that he is. I, I absolutely remember. I watched him he can embarrass run like, Kevin, Kevin Knox. Knox, Knox feels, he can run yeah. like a four point six forty and jump like forty feet in the air. I understand. He's literally a video game character. He he is cheat codes. Yeah, I I don't I, I don't think there's a way he doesn't win it unless he's injured. So last year, just for context. Um, 
Luka. Gary Harris was a oh. third leading scorer with 12.9 points a game. Paul Millsap had 12.6. Will Barton, 11.5. Malik Beasley, 11.3. And then Monte Morris at 10.4. So they had five guys just floating right above 10 points a game. So I think there is a chance that he could come in right in that range. Um, yeah, well, Jeremy's probably going to be in that range as well. <sighs> What yeah. were Jokic? What was Jokic at twenty? Jokic was at twenty a game, and then Murray was at twenty three. Uh, Murray was only eighteen point two. Okay. Hmm. I think Millsap will probably take a a little bit of a step back scoring. Yeah, I expect Millsap and Barton to drop down, and I uh, think Beasley's going to move up. I expect Harris to go up as well, and I think this offense is going to be better too. So like, there's going to be more opportunities to actually increase. Yeah. To I. Don't They're know. scary. It's, it's difficulty. They're scary. It's, it's difficult. So I, I would say if he's healthy, like my my a good season for him, yep. healthy and efficient. But I think if if we're putting the over under at twelve points per game for him, I'd probably take the under, but slightly. Ricky, final expectation. I'm gonna say that his I don't want to say his ceiling for this year, but a really good season for Michael Porter Jr. is look at Fred Van Vliet last year, where. If he can be a guy that gets it solidified by the playoffs and helps this team come crunch time, go ahead. Like, he doesn't have to win rookie of the year. He doesn't have to get any accolades. But if he can be a guy that, hey, this team, when it got down to it in the playoffs, he helped the team. And, like, Fred Van Vliet last year in the playoffs only averaging about eight points a game, but he came up when the team needed him to, even with Kawhi Leonard on that team. So, like, that's what I would say would be – his like ceiling towards like man, Michael Porter Jr. had a really fucking good year, his rookie year. So like what Jason Tatum. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I was like that was just bizarre. I was like just, maybe, maybe like a Jason Tatum comp <laughs> where Jason Tatum played pretty good during the year and then yeah, the, but, the playoffs happened and then he was like Jason Tatum. Yeah, but Holy Jason Tatum shit. was like the leader of that team because of injuries where Michael mm. Porter Jr. is not gonna out jump Marcus this Morris year, was the leader. Is not gonna out jump like Jokic and Jamal and stuff like that. Like he can be the complimentary player and help that offense move Jaylen and help Brown, them in the playoffs. Whatever. I, fair. Yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, it's a bizarre comp to toss out there, but I see what you're saying about like, if, if he can play his best minutes mm-hmm. when they matter most. Exactly. That's all that matters at the end of the year for you. Okay. Yeah. I, that was, it's just, I, I, I totally it was a weirdly get it. roundabout like, way of Fred Van Fleet's like six one and Michael Porter Jr. six eleven. Not like, oh, say, he's gonna be he's gonna be like Fred Van Fleet. Not the he same needs a player. He's a career for Fred Van Fleet. <laughs> but could do well. He's got to bet on himself. That's so like it's like, like, uh, like Muggsy, Muggsy Bogues could be like <laughs> Nicole Jokic. <laughs> it's just very big. It's like oh that, that girl is gonna be like that giraffe. I don't know. Anyways, all right. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below, especially Nuggets fans. They're probably already tuned out. Yeah. Uh, but let us know your thoughts down below what Michael Porter Jr. can do uh, in his rookie season. We're excited to see uh, him, and hopefully he'll be healthy uh, for not only Nugget fans, but also for Sean, him and a his jersey? family. No. No, I don't buy jerseys. Come on. He's going to get a jersey. No. Sure. Like, jersey? like I've said, these arms are way too white up here <laughs> to, to be rocking a basketball so jersey. So basically, we we send you to like LA Tan and get you a nice base. No, I, if I was He's wearing Irish. a jersey, somehow it would go wrong. If You're I would, burned. if I was wearing a jersey, I'd do the whole white boy thing where you throw the hoodie underneath it. Yeah, but yeah. even then, I'm like, I'm 21. I'm 22. I'm not doing 21 anymore. I'm 22. <laughs> like I can't be doing that shit anymore. Like I'm not going to Lollapalooza. I'm not a high schooler. You know? Oh my god. I can't do that. What? No, no, just... Oh, I thought you were looking at something. No, no, I thought you were looking at white guys and hoodies and basketball jerseys. Brooklyn Nets shit. 
Uh, anyways, but let's jump into the final segment, and that is Markel Fultz, a favorite on this podcast. And not only is he a favorite player of ours, but he's also on our favorite team, the Orlando Magic. Some people might think it's the Chicago Bulls because we always put them in the well, You guys always put them in the playoffs. Ah, Bulls. Um, and because you are Bulls fans. But no, <laughs> here, I can't help it. Our true allegiances lie with our fellow magic- magicians. <laughs> Magici- in, uh, I like that. Magicians in uh, Orlando because they've always given us love and support, even when they're hating on us. Uh, shout out to Draymond Green and shout out to Nikola Vucevic mm-hmm. straight up. I also, uh, the one comment I loved from this past week was, can we keep the Bulls biased uh, strictly to super fans? Can't promise anything. I can't promise anything. Ricky's on a podcast, so the Bulls are going to be brought up. (laughs) I can almost tell you directly that they will be brought up in any given segment. No, 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 he means like Bulls bias. Like, can we... Can we keep that to super fans? I I don't know if I can keep that promise. Yeah, like yeah. I can't talk bad about the Bulls, right? Anyways, let's talk bad about the, the Magic <laughs> or not. Uh, Markel Fultz is going to play in the first Magic preseason game. He's finally going to suit up for the Orlando Magic. Uh, we all know him as the number one pick of the Philadelphia 76ers in 2017. He was traded away last season uh, for uh, uh, Simmons, uh, Jonathan Simmons, and uh, like the 26th pick, and it was it was pretty bad and pretty sad to see. Uh, but Markel Fultz is now back. He's going to be in the rotation for the Magic. What are the expectations for Markel Fultz in Orlando, Dave? He's going to play basketball this year. That's the expectation. He's going to play basketball this year, people. Do you and not injured Nikola Vucevic. But do you expect him to play basketball this year? I do expect him. <laughs> is it going to actually happen? That is literally my expectation for Markel Fultz. Is he will be in basketball games this season. And anything on top of that is gravy. Because this kid... There's a reason he was the, like, bar none, this guy is the number one talent in this draft class because he's a big guard. Don't wave your fucking head. I mean, some thought it was Lonzo Ball. No. Okay. No one thought it was Lonzo Ball. The only case was... One person did. It was Ricky Wimmer. No, I was the only one. The only case... You did. ...was the Celtics fans who are so up their own ass about fucking Jason Tatum and the front office that I don't want to listen to the argument. So, Mark Huffles, the undisputed number one pick of this class, big guard, can score, can create, can defend. He can do everything for you. But then shoulder injury has derailed his entire career. And it's like, it's a tragedy, but it's also like a case study of like how to handle a player injury as poorly as possible. And it's be the Philadelphia 76ers health staff. Like, they are just... They're worse than the Bulls? Somehow worse than the Bulls, who almost killed a man. Jesus. Um, but no, like, it, literally, I, I think he can come out and actually give them meaningful minutes. I think he can put up, put up like, uh, 10, 6, and 2 a night or something. Like, he, he is going to be able to play good basketball for them. Shooting percentages-wise, I can't tell you if this man's going to be able to make a shot from three. Everything I've seen looks like his shot is closer to what it was in college. But do you think it looks good? I don't care. I, I see... I don't think it does watching, look like a shot in college. I think it still looks jank. Yeah. And it, the, the free throw line shot is better. That yeah. looks very much He improved. seems to have a good... Um, the jumper looks bad. Like, yeah, yeah. His free throw actually has like that momentum and rhythm to it. Yeah. Where I feel like... There's still a little bit he of He gets the line, he gets what he needs. Like, all the motion's kind of fluid enough. I get you, though. The, the creating your own shot, um, even catch and shoots, we'll see how much it's going to vary this year. But he's had plenty of time to work on it. He was not rushed back at all last season post-trade. Didn't play a single game with the Magic. And they're like, look, we don't need him to play this year. We're going to let him work on him. And when he comes back, then we'll be ready. And that's what excites me most is he's had basically two months to end the year. 
and then the entire offseason to work on getting himself in the place he needs to be physically to play this season. So now I, I, I'm uber high on Markel Fultz. Yeah, I just, with me, it's one of those, I'll believe it when I see it kind of a things where, I mean, everyone, you even said, it's like, I don't know what to expect from him because we thought that last year it was going to be, oh, he's going to be back. He's going to be good. And that's like, he plays 19 games and it's like, okay, he gets traded. And then obviously magic shut him down where I am not out of you guys. When Sean, you said, oh, Fultz is one of our favorites. He is not one of my favorites. I'm the only one on this podcast that's kind of been on the other side. Um, what Fultz, I'll believe it when I see it because I'm not going to buy into Markel Fultz. What do you mean by that you're going to believe it when you see it? I will believe that? that he can actually play basketball when I actually like see it. Okay, but you didn't see that in college. You, you thought he was a garbage basketball player in college? No, I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm but, saying but like, like, that's what we're going off of. We're not looking at what he's done. In, are you looking at what he's done in the NBA and being like, I, wow, this is a good basketball I mean, he, player? I think it's did still, set up the I, youngest triple-double in NBA history. doesn't matter. I think at this point— yeah, it sort of says something. I've I think, it, how well I can think rebound, at this point you're so far away from— from college, like I'll put it this way, where I know this is going to feed right into the YouTube comments. But in high school, I used to be able to down a full twelve pack of Taco Bell tacos. Can't do that no more. Like really? I'm so far. No, I can't. I eat like four of them, and I go, I'm full. I'm good. And then I eat the rest for like lunch later. I think a lot like of lunch YouTubers the next three days. Yeah, no, I eat like four of them, <laughs> and then I go, yeah, I'm full. What does this have to do with Markel Fultz playing basketball? <laughs> You're supposed to get. You are supposed to get better at, at basketball with age. This isn't well, eating tacos. Here, we I'm are a, taking the long way around today, Sean. If you didn't catch it from the end of the last God segment, <laughs> where he said Michael Porter Jr. needs to craft his game after the season. I didn't say craft game. I said the ceiling would be the same kind of impact that Fred Van Vliet had on the Raptors. Like, that's it. But what I'm saying is with Markel, we're so far away from him being in college where he's had, what, two full years to work in the NBA to work? Yeah, I'm going to base it off of what I've seen in the NBA, not what I've seen three years ago in college. Like, yeah, I would love to see the player that I saw at Washington, but I haven't in the NBA so I'm not going to say, hey, I want to see that. I just want to see something better than I've already seen. So was it like an injury issue with you? Why can't you down a 12-pack anymore? Me? It's yeah, just like what's, I, what's, what's the issue? Well, you know Markell, he obviously had the well, uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. I think for me it was when you're younger, it was like I can just pound food into where now I eat a little bit slower. Um, so my body tells me, hey, buddy, you're full. I would eat those 12 and go, oh, I feel sick. Because yeah. I would just shovel them in and eat as quick as possible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so how does it have to... So were they hard shell or soft shell? Hard shells. Because that, that hard also shells, adds no a lettuce. different X factor into yeah. this. Hard shells, no lettuce. Lettuce, lettuce is, is trash. Lettuce from Taco Bell is even more trash. Yeah. Um, but no, it plays... I eat sauce? I even use it mild. Mild sauce? I'm a mild sauce guy. Not, okay. a, not a fire guy, not a, not a hot guy. I'm a mild okay. guy. Um, but no, I, I bring that up because it's like, I'm we're so far away from Baja Markel... Blast. All right, let's get off the Taco Bell stuff. <laughs> I think that's my job is to we're, get us off that. My point being, we're so far away from college that, yes, I'm going to base it off of what I've seen in the NBA from him and not from what I've seen, what, three, four years ago in college? I guess. But, I mean, what what, what, what else do you have to base it on? It's still the game of basketball, right? And. I understand that you can't base his scoring output off of what he did in college, but you could still see that 
he's going to be likely the same athlete that he is. And he's still a phenomenal he be a better athlete. athlete by now because exactly. he's had years. His body is now he's closer to a full grown man at this point. He's put on weight. He's put on muscle. He looks the same though. No, he he actually has put on some muscle. Does he? Yeah. Is it just been like two? If you look at his washing picture versus okay. like his off season, like the you know hype video for summer workouts. Yeah, yeah. He legit looks like he's gotten stronger. Because right. like he's just, not like Lowry Markkinen. Like it's one know, of those things where I think Dolphin, it's just like Dolph if it's Dolph Lundgren, it, but since it's like so <laughs> gradual, it's like tough to tough yeah. to pick up on. He didn't have the Joel Embiid transformation. No yeah. God, I mean Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that with Fultz. I, I just want to see him play for sure, but I don't know if ten six and two is. I think I think it would be more like thing. ten six and four. If he five, scores ten, I will be shocked. I will absolutely no. The kid can drive to the lane, like he can go. He can go to the basket. It's when he gets in his own head on the pull ups, like that's where it gets questionable. I, I have no problem with Markel Fultz getting ten points a game. That, come on, he was putting up like nine or eight points a game when he was playing. Yeah, eight points a game last year. In his limited minutes off the bench, I know he started those two games, you know, 15 games technically to start the season, but felt awful mm-hmm. because that rotation had no fucking spacing. Like, that was the worst space rotation in NBA history. This Magic team has a great shooter at shooting guard, Nevin Fournier. Yep. Fantastic. You have Jonathan Isaac, who is learning to spread it out. Vucevic is a monster in the low post. And Aaron Gordon, big shooting athletic four. So, like... I'm absolutely good with him being able to plug into that starting lap at some point later in the year. I think to start the year, you play cautious. I want to see him running that second unit yeah, and I, then see where it goes. But I think he can drive. He is athletic. He is long. He can get to the basket. I wonder where he's at physically when it comes to core strength and when it comes to his explosiveness. Okay. And that, I think that's something that can definitely develop and get better throughout the season for sure. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, getting back at a game speed and all that stuff. But that's going to be big for him. I wonder if it's still elite because I, I do think Ricky has a fair point in saying that it was three years ago and he hasn't played mm-hmm. ba- like legit basketball like for a for a consistent period of time um, in three years well, since he was at Washington. 20, oh, 33, 33 games. games. Yeah, 33 Respect. games, but none of it was like super consistent either. Um, mm-hmm. Where it was like, stop, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. Um, I, I do wonder if he's still that explosive. I just, it's just concerning seeing someone be out this long and not seeing the progression yet. Yeah. And I don't know if he's still going to be that, impactful of a driver if he's able to make an impact defensively then i'll be happy because that i think is going to be showing his athleticism and maybe you just need to take time offensively because you need to find the rhythm you need to find the game speed you need to find how you fit in this offense but defense is pretty much universal you should be able to step in anywhere and be able to guard somebody. I mean, he, like if he you came are in the league defender. with a 6'10 wingspan. So, yeah, yeah, he, he should be good to guard but, guards. But even then, you look at, and it just doesn't matter a ton, but you, know, you look at the defensive rating, like 105, 111, he got worse over that year. And if he's going up against elite guys, what is he actually going to be doing? Because although he was, he's got that wingspan, he wasn't coming out as a, as a, lockdown defender like he had no. the ability to he had that potential for sure but he didn't have that coming out right away Honestly, he thought that he could be like a james harden because of his his speed because of his body if he built up his first well. step yeah yeah he could be like that and james harden you know when he's fully involved he can be a very good defender uh we saw obviously early james harden young james harden was a yeah. great defender um 
I Unfortunately, don't... I've watched a lot of Mark Helfold's highlights, and, and they're mostly defensive because of his offensive skill set was so bad in those games. So, like, you do get some decent highlights where he was he's one of those guys who he's high effort, mm. and I think he was really trying to prove something, which probably helped out on that defensive end because you are giving 110%. Well, not everybody else is. So mm-hmm. I think defensively, he, he's going to be like, this is exactly what the Magic love. They get a long boy who plays defense. Well, here's another thing I'm going to throw out here, and I'm taking this from um, an uprocks.com article where they talked about Markel's expectations. Um, and they say expecting Fultz to play like the former can't miss number one overall pick is a bit much. That might only be the case for this season or it might be the case for the remainder of his basketball career, however long that may be. What is a realistic expectation for him over the course of this season, though, is to use his role as Orlando's backup point guard to figure out what exactly he is as a basketball player. And I take that and I go, then to me, if we're going to do that, use the time you're going to get playing in Orlando especially this year, to figure out, am I going back to like what Sean said? Can we expect to see what we see in college? Is he going to be that same type of a player? Is that going to be his role on this team? Or based off of what we've seen, based off how he's grown in the NBA as a person, is his role going to be different? Is it not going to be, hey, I don't need to be that guy because on this team my role is going to be this. Like, what's the role that he sees himself in? And what's the role this Orlando Magic organization sees him in? Because it's not just for this year, it's for future years as this Magic team, Orlando fans are hoping they become a contender in future years. So it's a playoff team already. I mean, no, I mean, like, that, that's what you got to think. In but, future years, sky's the limit. They're hoping, yeah. and hey, we can challenge for finals. You can tell they're talking future years because yeah. they drafted Chumo Okeke this year mm-hmm. in the first round, someone who's not going to play a minute yep. this entire season. So this is not a team that's like, this is our time to strike when they are in South. No. They're like, look, we've got Jonathan Isaac, who is freakishly long, and he's building strength. He's got a good shot. He can ball handle. Aaron Gordon's still young. Vucevic is just about to hit, you know, he, he's in his prime right now, so we can afford to pay him. But outside of that, it's just young pieces that they can move with, and I'm really excited for them because it's not like, you know, Tariq Evans, the offensive supernova, is going to be there long term. Terrence, 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 Terrence Ross. Wow, why am I? I'm thinking of the, yeah. Tyreek Evans for a second, two years ago could have been yeah. I'm like, for a second isn't Tyreek Evans, Evans like was. suspended for he, a year he, he or two he can't play basketball yeah. because he did the drugs mm. he um, did the drugs he does the drugs um, no I mean th- this team is all long term like they're mm-hmm. so young and the fact that they were already hit the playoffs based off their defensive uh, prowess and effort and then Terrence Ross coming up so big for them I, I-, I think it- anything they get out of him if back a point guard this year sure if he makes it the starting lap, awesome. It's all bonus fun. It's very similar to the Michael Porter situation. And that's why, Sean, I'm glad you brought both of these guys up back to back because both of these guys had been pegged for stardom in the NBA since they were in high school. Mm-hmm. Since they're going through AAU, they've been the guy. Mm-hmm. And Markel Fultz had such a great college career where Michael Porter Jr. didn't even have anything. It's just an interesting, like, they've got parallels and similarities back and forth between these two. And I wonder, like, this team for the Magic, they don't have as high hopes as the Nuggets do. They don't have the same depth that the Nuggets do. So I think Markel Fultz comes into a better situation where he should get a lot of minutes this year to figure out 
where he's at. And I think that's exactly what they plan to do. They already locked up his next year, which was a bold move. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say I argue with it, but it, it, it's a statement about their confidence in him. So because the Magic as an organization are that confident in him, I feel that I should be confident in the fact that this kid is closer to what we saw in college than what we've seen in his first two years in the league where he struggled uh, with his injury and his confidence in his offensive game. I don't think he's going to be putting up 20 points a night or anything this year. Yeah, for sure. But I do expect him to play pretty well. I I, I definitely don't think 20 is obtainable, no, that, for sure. That, that's why that's why my 10... It's just, you know, he's, he's so limited when it comes to shooting, I don't think he's going to have that back. Do you? I don't know. I know he can drive. That's literally the one thing, like... This is a guy who shot above 40% on threes in college yeah. on like four attempts a game. And yes, his form's been shit, but so are other people. I'm watching freaking highlights of LaMelo Ball who shoots like an idiot and he just makes it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I get it. It's he not about his... the form though, but like, we've, but like in his NBA career, he yeah. hasn't Correct. done it. And he, but he, he the hasn't thing been is, consistent. He's been injured his NBA career. So that, that's Co- where you have for to. For sure. You can't you you can't on one side penalize him for a poor performance in his career on the other side not give the fact that he played through injuries because Markel Fultz according to Markel Fultz has mm-hmm. not been healthy since he entered the league he was hurt before um, the NBA preseason happened yeah in his rookie year I don't know it's 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 just tough because I, I don't think it's going to be a big part of his offense so right yeah so at worst he's going to have to make five drives a game right because i don't think yep. he's gonna even have an, a mid-range game at all either i, I think that he, he 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 felt comfortable pulling up last year whether he should have or not he had that i don't one. know he had that one that was disgusting that was just like an actual like we're like holy shit, this yeah, yeah. The, he can actually shoot again and then yeah. it, we didn't see that ever again you know if he has that then he's gonna be he's gonna be nasty you can yeah. put up 10 a game but i don't know if it's gonna be at that level and no. I, I don't know if it's gonna be at that level enough where over a season it will hit 10 because mm-hmm. I think off the gates he'll probably be a little bit slow, and it depends on when he's going to pick up. And around January and February is really when I try to get a, a, a mark for these guys, and he, he should be. He's getting eight shots a game in Philly, though. No, some of it was garbage, though. Uh, he he started fifteen of those games. That that's remember how crazy horrible that experiment was. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't good in that time. And and no, what, what did he average great. that year? Uh. 8.2 points, uh, 3.7 boards, 3.1 assists. Uh, rookie year, he was putting up 7.9 field goal attempts, 7 points a game, 3.8 assists, 3.1 rebounds. I think he'll still be around that, that attempts per game. I don't think he's going to get that much of an increase because they do You're have... shooting 40% both boost. years. What's up? Well, I was... When you guys are done, yeah. I've got a well, player I just, comparison. I just don't think he's going to get that many shots way. per game. Because you still have Vuce, you have Ross, you have uh, Fournier, you have Isaac, you have Bamba, you have a lot, Augustine as well. Still going to take shots. I, I still think they're going to be guy that guys on that team that take shots. Michael away Carter from them. Williams will not touch the basketball is the hope. Look, that is the upside for this team. And I, well, they asked him. I to, can't wait. They to, asked I him to bulk up to guard twos and threes. I can't wait until yeah, we have. Well, the I mean, Mark Houston, he was guarding fours. No, like, no, no, this no, is, I know. This is but a guy like, who is that? Please just do something. That to me shows that they're. There being Orlando's um, confidence in Mark Caldwell, like, yeah. hey, uh, Michael Carter, go bulk up. You're going to guard twos and threes because, no, Mark our guy behind DJ. Yeah, MCW, literally, I know he helped them get to the playoffs last year, but he's literally walking trash on the court. Like, he's, he's hashtag on the court bad. I want to throw this out at you. I'm I don't know if blind... Mark Fultz is hashtag on the court good, though. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm going to blind resume you. And 
Is it Rondo? No. Um, <laughs> this... that's, I, sorry, I, I did hear mm-hmm. um, Scotty Pippen talking. He's like, yeah, Markel Fultz should model his game after Rajon it, Rondo. It's not Rondo. And I'm like... What? Scotty, I love your voice, but what? Would you be okay with this stat line from Markel, and then I'll tell you the player, and then we'll talk about maybe could this be his expectation. No, this is last year. Okay, Um, just just this player's last year. Player's last year. Is it Fred Van Vliet? It is not. Um, So they scored scored (laughs) 8.9 points per game on seven shot attempts. They made about... Three of their seven shots per game shot 42% from the field. Um, made about two out of just over four threes per game. Shot 36% from three. Jesus. Um, Pretty great for him. And from the foul line, shot 80%. Was about 1.3 out of 1.6. So it wasn't going to the line much, but we're making their foul attempts. 2.9 rebounds, four assists, about... Just under two steals a game at 1.8 and um, 0.4 blocks per game. Their defensive rating last year was a 107. Would you be okay with that from Markel this year? That's a lot year? of steals a game. A lot of steals a game. Thoughts. Markel, Thoughts on that? How many, how many games did they play? They played 80. What was the minutes? 27.5. I, I see. I'm the worst with this stuff because I just want to try to guess the guy. I know, right? That's I'll tell all. You, I, I'll tell you. That's guy. all I give a shit about. I'll tell you, guy. After, um, you, after, after I hear your thoughts, I think on. he's a better rebounder. Like Mark Phillips, when I said mm-hmm. to start this show, I was way off because I forgot how good he is at rebounding. Yeah, and they're, they're, he's not going to take four threes a game. That's no, for sure. That's so, not. so I think the the free throws would be increased. Uh, the threes, if he gets over one and a half, I'd this be shocked. This guy only started sixty of the eighty, though. Hmm. And know. that and that was I, a jump from eleven starts out of fifty four games the year before. Give, give me the uh, points and then the spl- shooting splits one more time. So, okay, 80. Yeah, that would not be a bad year from him. Um, I don't think, I think he can score think more points happen. though. I, I he's not gonna be able to shoot that from three. Um, but and, and the free throw line is also questionable. He's not hitting eighty. Yeah, there's no way. I, I don't think. I, I so think, yeah, like those two things. If he could do those, that would be amazing. I think he's gonna score more points, have more. This rebounds. player was also an all defensive player last year. Yeah, no. Um, he, Mark Fultz will not be that guy. Do you know who that, it was? That I know uh-huh. who it is. Guy saw. So go ahead and tell Sean. Oh, Marcus Smart. That's what. Oh, okay. That's what I was gonna guess. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. So the three point shooting did not happen until recently. Yeah, but Markel Smart's, Smart's been. Not Marcus Marcus. Smart. Marcus Smart has been mm-hmm. playing for what, like six years now? Like, yeah, he's 24. I get he's older. But like, yeah, it's that, just like, that's, I don't know. But the reason I bring it up is because of what Markel's been through. Is this is this the future for Markel? Like, could is his role for a team not to be the star we expected as a number one pick? But hey, if he can be a guy like Mark, if, if he if, can be a guy like Marcus Smart, and be a really good defensive stopper who can help him either, either in the starting lineup because Marcus Smart started sixty games last year, yeah. but mostly really off of the bench. Like, could if that, you, if that you could get, be a good career? If you for get him. anything out of Marcus Markel Fultz, that is a plus. Mm-hmm. So if he puts up eight point nine and <laughs> shoots thirty six percent from three. That is a That's win a for a backup point guard, without mm-hmm. a doubt. For that three point percent, it's just can he ever hit that top ceiling again? I, I don't know if it if it is true, but I also want to give him a shot. I have to see what happens. So 
But I do you was, think it's real? And when you say top ceiling, you mean what we expected? Yeah. Out of, but is that gonna, is it realistic that he hits that? No, because I think is it a realistic goal? Are, yeah. Is it a, even a realistic goal? I'm not talking about the stats. I'm talking oh. more about the role. Like when we're talking oh, about the role, I think he role, absolutely yeah, can do that. He's already a backup point guard. Yeah, he's back no, no, no. I mean the role that because the role when he what got are you drafted, about the role? like so. When, are you talking about just being a backup point guard? Ex- kind of. Where it's like when he got drafted, his expectation for a role was to be the guy, the starting point guard, the guy at the one. Yeah. No, his expectation was to be the two guard next to Ben Simmons. Next to Ben Simmons, but still. And provide space. To be a starter, to be a guy in that starting lineup (laughs) that helps that team win, is that even like a reasonable expectation for a role, or is it, hey, more of your realistic role expectation would be to be a solid backup and to help us in this, like, that's your, gonna be your career of, you're gonna be like, let's say he's a great six man. Like, I, that's I 110% his... believe he can get to be a full time starter and legit, like, several years in this league. Not, mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% believe in him. And this is the thing, I've, I've been a huge Mark Fultz guy for way longer than uh, the last couple of years. And then you guys know this, but it's just like, mm-hmm. I think he can do it 100% until he doesn't, until he comes out healthy. And shits the bed worse than some other guy, Michael Carter Williams. You know, mm. e- even that guy gets one year where he looks good. Yeah, but I-, I-, I think that limiting him and saying that his expectation should be aim for six man is is an insult. Like we've not seen this kid at his peak yet, and we haven't seen him play healthy. So going in with that expectation, I am chipping back and saying six man this year. Maybe transitions into the starting lineup if he plays well. If DJ Augustine's shooting splits come back to reality, then absolutely, he gives them a dynamic option at the one. Someone who can go aggressive at the net, great rebounder, great athlete, good defender. Everything about his skill set screams this guy should be a starter. And it just comes down to the fact of does his shot look correct? Does it go in? Mm-hmm. If he if he yeah. puts up decent splits. He's a starter, 110%. I agree with you. I don't think there's anything to debate there. I I, I think that his his role this year is what you described, being a a, a point guard Mm -hmm. to help us win. But that's that's coming into the season. It could be absolutely different come January or February. Mm -hmm. um, Or even different come April. I just don't know what he can put out there, and I want to see what he can put out there. I I, I definitely don't want to limit his role, though. I think Dave's absolutely right, though, because if he comes out and he's healthy, he could be a starter in this league without a doubt. I mean, you don't get these guys, uh, even if he's not a a great shooter. You don't get guys that are 6'5", this athletic, and this long. Um, You don't get guys that are that good at passing as well. This guy gets basketball. He's very smart. He just hasn't been healthy. So Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. If he's granted with health, he can be a starter in this league, without a doubt. Is he better than Ish Smith? Well... (laughs) <laughs> that that's our thirtieth yes. uh, starter of the year this year for a point guard position. So that, that but that's, that's your also bar. because it's John John Wall should be there. Yeah, so that's a little not. bit different. Chris so Dunn, give me that should Jeff be said. That should be said. Aransky. Chris Dunn, Jeff Teague, DJ Augustine. Teague. There you go. Teague's Dennis probably Smith the first Jr. one. He's better than Dennis Smith Jr. I take I take Markel Fultz over Dennis Smith Jr. And that's yeah. So that, that's the thing when when you look at this. I think you you want to put him up there because of the potential. I understand the hesitance because of the injuries, and you're you're absolutely correct to say he's been in the league. Th- this will be his third year. Mm-hmm. College was too long ago to consider it. I, I'm just in the mindset of we haven't seen healthy Markel. 
And do you remember the summer league games when he actually was showing up and yeah. putting up ridiculous numbers? Like, it's Marcus Fultz. Like, uh, he's got it. He's got to still have it in the bag. Uh, the name that you brought up. Do you think he's better than Dennis Smith, Jr. Right now? I think, who would you rather have right oof. now? Right now, just I don't for the like season. Dennis Smith Jr. Just I'm to be honest, I'm I don't gonna take like Dennis Smith. See, that's what I knew. I, I just yeah. wanted to get to him because oh, I knew okay. he was a fucking Dennis Smith guy. I just don't like We're him. rat, Ricky. Um, well, I mean, Markel hasn't shown me anything yet. What has Dennis Smith shown you? He's he's, he's, he he's healthy. Me, that's he, it. Yeah, he's shown me more than Markel. Ugh. Ugh. He actually got hurt too. Ugh. Ugh. Dennis Smith Jr. And he's got some great Aristotle quotes and. uh the Knicks asking some weird fucking questions like our our thumbs a finger and shit. He like seems that. like a good dude, Dennis Smith Jr. But I just I don't like watching him play Dave basketball. Dave just hates him after watching that video. Anyways, no, uh, I hated him before oh, watching okay. the video. I never liked him coming out of college. <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 watch our I thought he was interesting coming out of college. But oh yeah, I didn't he was a was, hyper athlete. He, like he, the man fucking could jump over a mountain. But they're the same draft class. He did right? not have yeah. basketball skills. Anyways. Uh, let us know your thoughts down below in the comment section. What do you think Markel Fultz's expectations are? Uh, I think bench player that could possibly turn into a, uh, a starter. Dave's thinking starter. Ricky's thinking bench player. Uh, let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. We're super interested to hear what you think. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, check out uh, patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to help support us, that's where you can do so. But for Dave Oster, for Ricky Wimmer, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.